0: food heals food heals podcast episode 140
1: if you are trying to live a holistic lifestyle if you are trying to live a vegan lifestyle do it in steps do it in stages find a community get with people who are like-minded and be okay with screwing up staying grounded in your intentions is probably the most important piece
0: holistic voice presents the food heals podcast
1: with your hosts allison melody and Susie hardy Join the Food Heals Nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself.
0: Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to actually start using their 39.99 a month gym membership. If you experience any of these symptoms, Snapchat
2: your trainer immediately.
0: All right, welcome, Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining us. I'm Allison Melody. And I'm Susie Hardy. Jessica's a New York native, like Suze. That's right. And has been vegan for six years. She created Vegan Street Fair, which is so much fun. If you can go, you should. It's a celebration of vegan food and vegan lifestyle.
2: Jessica is a mom to two young children, loves to eat vegan food, travel, and surround herself with the most compassionate, creative, and kind souls she can find that's beautiful it is beautiful Mm -hmm. she's beautiful Mm -hmm. (laughs) all right so
0: today's sponsor is none other than the global healing center the one-stop shop for all your natural needs I've been using their exfoliating face wash. And Ooh. Yeah, it's great because it scrapes all that dead skin off and just leaves you super fresh. And then, of course, I use the Parfait Massage right after the skincare cream that I
2: love. It's wrinkle-reducing. It works. They have tons of health-boosting products like their Vegan Safe B12, the essential for anyone on a plant-based diet. And, you know, I've talked about their uh, detoxing foot pads, which I love, yes. which I researched, which have such high reviews, on the internet, you can look it up yourself. And their Aqua Spirit Refreshing Spray, which is my favorite. It's like a trip to the beach.
0: It also helps your makeup stay in
2: place. Yeah, it's delicious. It smells amazing. I spray it on Obi all the time. I know. Me too. I spray
0: it on the dogs. (laughs) But when you came in today and you're like, oh, your eye makeup looks really good. Well, I sprayed it so it would stay in place all day because I never wear eye makeup, but I'm wearing it today. It looks great. And yeah, and it didn't bleed (laughs) (laughs) like it usually does. So you can get a massive 20% off discount at Global Healing Center with the coupon code Food heals. Next up, our interview with Jessica.
1: The Food Heals podcast starts
0: now. Today, we're here with Jessica Shea. She created Vegan Street Fair, an annual free vegan food celebration where local vegan and vegan-friendly restaurants and vendors come together to serve you bite-sized portions of vegan eats all in one place. It is delicious. Sounds delicious. Welcome, Jessica. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for being here. I love your festival. I've been to Vegan Street Fair. I've been to Vegan Nights. It's so fun. And you guys had the best band. That band was amazing. <laughs> Where did you find them?
1: <laughs> my husband and I went to a wedding in Orange County like three or four years ago. And we saw them. And I, I think the whole entire time during their performance, I was picking my jaw up off the ground because they were so fun and so funny. So when we had this idea for vegan street for nights, and we were talking about entertainment, I mean, we just knew that they had to be there. And it's funny because we keep take we keep talking about like, what are we going to do next year? You know, and everyone keeps saying, well, you have to bring flash pants back. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'm I'm just going to bring it back. Makes my life easier. But they were that good that people want to see them again. I mean, I know I do. Yes. I've seen them before, and their performance was incredible to me at night so
0: i can't imagine it any other way so Susie, what they do is they're dressed up in these like badass costumes and then they are like running around the whole festival dancing they're singing like great songs like it is so crazy and so fun that
2: sounds fun it was i love their name yeah (laughs) flash pants
1: yeah they wear these little skimpy short shorts (laughs) yeah and these fake mustaches i mean they're straight out of the 80s yeah it's a good time it's so (laughs) fun
0: (laughs) All right. So tell us a little bit about what inspired you to become vegan and then start Vegan Street Fair. My experience
1: actually came out of an experience at SeaWorld. My husband and I went to SeaWorld on our second wedding anniversary. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was obviously pre-vegan. Mm-hmm. And I had always said to him that, you know, I wanted to swim with the dolphins. And so he very sneakily got me this encounter with the dolphins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and And I was, you know, in the water with them and doing all these things with them. And I remember at one point, staring at one of their eyes, and I just remember feeling like she was looking through me. It was wild, but at that time, mm. like right in the moment, it didn't click, Yeah. but I knew that there was something there, so I got home, I posted photos, and a friend of mine on Facebook said, hey, you know those animals don't like to be there. You know that they're really like depressed. And I was like, no, 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 no. I mean, I was drinking the Kool-Aid at the time. (laughs) Yeah, you're like,
0: no, they gave me a kiss on the cheek. They're so happy. They wave their flipper. They're happy. (laughs) Right. I'm like, SeaWorld does great things. Let me
1: prove it to you. So I start researching and I spent the entire day on Google Hmm. bawling my eyes out in tears and everything just started to kind of roll in at the same time. You know, I started seeing images of the cove and I started reading stories about how these dolphins, they try to commit suicide because yeah. they're so depressed and they're so smart that they understand what's happening to them, but they can't do anything about it. Right. And slowly but surely things are started to make sense. So I think within like a month or less, I just made the entire switch like overnight. Wow. Well, it's not overnight, but you know, quote unquote, it was really quick. It was like. At that moment, I realized I didn't want anything to ever have to suffer from my enjoyment ever again.
0: A month is pretty much overnight. You know what I mean? Yeah. In
1: this grand scheme
2: of things. To change your whole life way of thinking. Yeah. yeah, And yeah. your diet. So yeah. I have to share something with you guys because I just was listening. I'm always listening to NPR because I love it. Yeah, And um, they had a fascinating... I love their science bits. And they had a whole story about one of their correspondents going, on lo- uh, going along with this research boat that was trying to communicate with dolphins in the dolphin language. Cool. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So it was like, they'd been doing this for a very long time, but they were explaining all of this information about how, like, how they get the dolphins to engage. And they, dolphins lo- apparently love, they love toys, right? They're really smart. Mm-hmm. Like, any smart animal really loves to play. They're like dogs. Yeah. And they love scarves because, I like, guess, scarves in water, they look at, you know, they're colorful and they float and they, to them, they're like, what, is, like, it really attracts them. So, And they built a machine that I think probably had a few dolphin quote-unquote words or like ways to communicate. But they were trying to establish a way to actually speak to dolphins Mm -hmm. like through dolphin language. And it was fascinating to me just from a scientific standpoint. And when they were talking about them, how smart they were and like their whole language and like they have this whole way of like each dolphin has its own personal greeting. Like instead of all saying hello – they each have their own unique way of doing it, which makes it even more complicated to try to talk with them. And then they even went back further. There was another woman in the 70s who was trying to also establish communication with a dolphin. But it's just so interesting that that's what brought you, Jessica, to where to on your journey, because I just was listening to this and it was also establishing to me how brilliant and beautiful these creatures are yeah. and what we're doing to them. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's tragic. I, th- I think along those same lines, I really...
1: I mean, we all know this, right? Because we're vegan and we know this, but my goodness, what would they tell us if they could? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. what would they say about these experiences that they've had from the moment that they were taken from wherever they were taken from and put through these horrific conditions? What would they say? I don't know. I think that was for me why it was so easy to switch so quickly because you can't unknow that, you know? Like, yeah. you can very quickly say, you know, I know that eating a plant-based diet is really healthy for you. And so I'm going to do that. But uh, I just just really want to eat like a cheeseburger right now. I feel like that switch can happen much more quickly. Mm -hmm. But I feel like once you make that connection on that really deep ethical level, I think everything changes. And I think everybody makes that leap on their own time and in their own way. Some people never do, right? But for the most part, like however you start veganism, I feel like once you make that connection, I think it's really hard to go back. And I think that's why people say all the time, you know, if you're if you're true vegan, you don't go vegan for a month, quote unquote. Like you go vegan, and there's no really turning back from that.
0: Well, that's kind of what happened to me. Is I started actually the opposite. I started learning about it from the health perspective and going, oh, this is the most anti-cancer diet out there. And so for me personally, having both of my parents suffer from cancer, I was like, okay, for me never to get cancer, I have to go on this plant-based mostly vegan diet an organic and non-GMO. And that's what my initial goal was. And then I discovered factory farming and the abuse of the animals. And that's kind of what made me never go back. So I hear exactly what you're saying. But here's my question. When you were reading about the abuse of the dolphins, like we don't eat dolphin meat, right? So was it at the same time you started learning about other things and that's what convinced you? like, how did you come to that decision?
1: Yeah, I think everything just started to add up really quickly. And Taiji, you know, if anybody's familiar with the horrors that happen in Taiji every year, you know, the cove, where they Mm -hmm. essentially capture all these dolphins in these coves once a year, and they find the most quote, unquote, trainable Dolphins, and then they murder the rest of them because they're just trying to extract the most intelligent of the bunch. I mean, these are whole families, right? Dolphins travel in families, um, and the waters run red, and this—it's just this whole thing. It's horrible.
0: There's a documentary I called the Coast. And yeah, and it, it takes it or... them like 30 minutes to die. Do you know, I didn't even so watch it because I—I I knew of it's the awful. content. I was like, I can't, yeah.
2: I can't watch that. It's I didn't awful. even know that that's the reason that they do that. I thought they were just doing it for food right? I assume maybe it was some delicacy or something, but they're doing it to extract the most intelligent and then kill the rest of them for just no reason.
1: From my understanding, they do eat the meat. I think that some tuna is passed off as tuna, but it's actually dolphin meat. And so I think that maybe that's what it was for me where I kind of made the connection that, okay, in Taiji specifically, or just dolphin captivity in general, they are capturing these animals for entertainment. And then they're also either killing them just for pure like sport And just because they're like, I don't want to have to deal with these dolphins again later. I want to just find the ones that are trainable. Um, But we're going to eat some of them as well. It just felt like there was just so much there, and I just remember thinking, I don't want anything to suffer for me and my enjoyment ever again. And I think everything got lumped into that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I respect that, and you know, I remember that one of the things that happens is as they're rounded up and selected for, like you get to go to Sea World, and you know, they're not killed at that time. Then they often die on the way because they die of shock while they're waiting being transported to where SeaWorld or wherever they're going to go. And so there's all these dolphins dying for absolutely no reason for entertainment and for our, you know, delicacies. And it's just unnecessary. Um, So thank you for sharing that with us. And then how did this lead you to then form Vegan Street Fair, which is super fun, super high vibe, super high energy, delicious food, like the best food and at good prices like uh, they do really small portions you can taste all this different like $17 for a salad exactly yes
1: (laughs) (laughs) and then you can't eat for the rest of the event yeah (laughs) no
0: yeah you get to try all these different things and you can eat all day because you're not getting you could get filled up at one place if you ordered everything but you can kind of sample and so that's really nice
1: Mhm, so the year that I went vegan, i I'm from New York originally, and I had to go back to finish a couple credits at n y u and it was my first time back home as a vegan
0: mm-hmm.
1: And it's very bizarre to go back to your city as a as a vegan because I don't know about you, but like when I travel places, I'm like, all right, where am I going to eat? I don't even talk about.
0: Yeah. I'm like, where's the Whole Foods? Because that's the closest I'm going to (laughs) get.
1: Right, right. So my goal when I went back home in 2011 was to eat at as many vegan or vegan friendly places in New York as possible because I was like, I've got four months here. I'm going to try to do this thing as best as I can because it was just this strange goal that I had set up for myself. And In trying to do that, I was using all the available apps out there. And there are some good ones, you know, Happy Mm -hmm. Cow and Yelp. And on more than one occasion, I've been sent to, like, closed venues or places that the Yelp algorithm will pull up that it's vegan. But Mm -hmm. it's just because someone typed in, like, this steakhouse is awesome and totally not suitable for vegans. Yeah. (laughs) And for whatever reason, it gets pulled into the vegan search, which I'm like, okay, thanks. (laughs) So I got really frustrated and I thought to myself, you know what, I'm just going to create a new app. I'm going to create something new, something that is crowdsourced, but also populated by me. And I spent about three years developing an app for this purpose. Mm -hmm. And in the process of like adding in all of these places in Los Angeles specifically, I remember saying, oh my gosh, I could live in LA for 10 years and never eat at all of these places. Yeah, we do have options. So many options. So I thought, well, what if I create an event where they all came to me instead?
0: Good for <laughs> you. Then, I, like, I want to
1: taste them all. Come to me. I want to eat everything and I don't want to have to do it in the matter, <laughs> you know, in like a 10-year span. So we played around with the idea at first it was going to be a veg fest because at that time there were no veg fests. And now I think we've got like four. Yeah. But – a friend of mine, a really good friend of mine in New York was like, VegFests are great and they do great, great things, but you probably want to try to do something different. So I came up with the idea to have it be a little bit more similar to like a New York City street fair, which is how I grew up going to these fairs that are all about culture and food and diversity and music and, you know, people just enjoying each other and being in close quarters, but loving it because you're just like high off the vibes. And then also I wanted to make it affordable because I can't tell you how many times I go to an event and I pay, whatever, $30, $40 to get in, and then I'm also spending you know, $30 on food, and I can only eat at a few places, which is frustrating for me as a foodie because I'm like, I want to eat a lot of things. Yeah. I want to try a lot of different things. So I wanted to just make it as affordable as possible and free and next to public transportation so as many people as possible could visit. You know, not something that's out in a park somewhere where you have to go find it. I wanted like everyday people to be able to kind of stumble upon it on their walk to the grocery store or walking their dog or getting off the subway. I wanted people to, to just look at it and be like, oh, what's this? And not feel like there was a barrier there. Yeah. You know, like this event is not for vegans. I say that and I hope that I don't offend anyone because it's called Vegan Street Fair. But it's got a higher purpose to me. It's like we have plenty of events. We know this game. All of us could go somewhere tomorrow and eat at 10 places in one day if we wanted to because we know how to make our food vegan if we're going to a non-vegan place. We know how to find the best vegan stuff. But non-vegans don't know that. And they don't even know that you know, a lot of the times. They don't even know how good vegan food is. So I wanted to make it as accessible as possible, and that's kind of how the bite-sized thing
0: kind of came about. And how long have you been doing it? This is going to be my 3rd year. That's awesome because it's a huge event, and I know you said it's not for vegans, but I feel like the whole vegan community turns out and people in the community that are just curious about trying new things comes out too. So it's super fun and it's always very crowded.
1: Yes, <laughs> that
0: it is. We've
1: expanded <laughs> more because we just we can't keep up. And when I say it's not for vegans, I don't mean to say like vegans don't come. Right. I, obviously, I want not be so. But you know, like for us, what is the goal? I mean, for me, I feel like the goal is to try to plant as many seeds as possible, sure. like create more vegans. So it's for vegans. But really, this is a this is like a marketing tool, I think, towards veganism for mostly non vegan people to come and try food for cheap. If you've got 30 minutes to spend and you, you're walking your dog and you're like, oh, what's going on over here? And you find a booth and you get a freaking vegan corn dog and you're like, oh, wow, this is actually pretty good. Then that's a seed planted. You know, like I just feel like how many touch points can we have in a matter of eight hours that are potential future vegans? I think
0: a lot. Yeah. And um, the good thing about it is that there's a lot of vegan junk food. And so that can help people realize like, oh, I can have this pizza or this veggie burger and it satisfies me and it tastes amazing. And maybe I'll have this again sometime. Maybe I'll do a meatless Monday or something like that. So every time that you help someone, you know, eat one more plant-based meal that could save an an entire animal each day. So I think it's great Mm -hmm. what you're doing. Thanks. Yeah, that's the goal. So you're a mom. Yes. Yes. (laughs) that I am so how do you raise healthy children in a world full of McDonald's and (sighs) you know bad food commercials everywhere and all that kind of thing
1: it's a really good question.
0: <laughs> I'm asking because I really need to know because I'm terrified of having children for that oh, reason. Oh, my gosh.
1: You know, it's it's very interesting. So I have a four-year-old and a year and a half old, and they've been vegan since birth. And wow. my four-year-old is such a little activist. It's the cutest thing in the world. It's also, Aww. It's also a little... Like nerve wracking because everywhere he goes, he asks people if they're meat eaters or vegans. And I'm like, dude, this is, you know, the post office. And these oh are not conversations God. I want to be having.
0: Yeah, friends. exactly. You're like, don't get mom in a fight right now. <laughs> right. I'm not, I don't want to talk about this.
1: So I think with them, what we really tried to do from the very, very beginning was always introduce whole foods to them. Mm-hmm. You know, I think my son didn't eat sugar until he was like two and a half.
0: Maybe even three. That's
1: amazing. We, we tried really hard. The second one is a different story because you have your first, this, you know, whatever. He probably had like a pizza at nine months because I was like, dude, I'm going to like rip my hair out. I've mm-hmm. had a really long day and yeah. your brother wants pizza and we're going to go get it. <laughs> but so on occasion, you know, we do still eat foods that I think are familiar because the reality is that these kids are going to birthday parties and events with other children and right. they're eating things that are not things that we eat in our house. So mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest rules of thumb for us is like, that stuff doesn't come in our house. You know, we don't have junk food in the house at all. Today, I think that they ate just the two of them. They probably ate like two or three apples, just a snack. And all throughout the day, they're eating, you know, carrots and celery. And it, I think that once you start them that way, yeah. I think they just have a taste for it. They don't crave anything else. We go to the grocery store and they're like, mom, I want a banana, you know, versus. That is
2: true. That is something I can speak to. I didn't grow up, you know, grew up in a standard, well, no, not a standard American house. My mom knew about nutrition, but we were not vegetarians or vegans. But I got juice, fresh uh, vegetable and fruit juice when I was really little Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and always was encouraged to eat fruits and vegetables. And I remember specifically this one day or one evening when my best friend was sleeping over and my mom's like, you know, who wants ice cream? And I'm like, I want a grapefruit. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and my mom was like,
2: you want what? I'm like, I want a grapefruit. Can I have a grapefruit? I want the whole grapefruit. And I ate my grapefruit as my friend ate haagen So I agree with you when you teach children like, no, everybody else does their thing. But we eat for not just taste, but also nutrition. Yeah. They get it. Your taste beds are set up that way.
0: And it becomes part of their DNA.
2: Yep. And they can enjoy those flavors and those textures without needing extra fat and salt and sugar on top of it because they know how good natural food, whole foods taste. Yeah. It's very
1: true. And the next layer to that is eating vegan, right? Because children naturally like to share with each other. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've gone to a park and some kid is trying to shove goldfish down my son's throat Mm -hmm. because that's like the snack of choice for most families, which, you know, it is what it is but it's very interesting when you when you start to introduce these issues and these themes to children my, like we're vegan and this is why. I mean, my son is constantly telling me that he wants to go to zoos and break the animals out with our tools, Aww. and then like get in a getaway car and run away. That's, like,
2: who he is? You're as a raising person. a vigilante. I know. Yeah, t- so, it's gonna be a little uh,
1: activist
0: that goes to Berkeley and like <laughs> the vegan
2: vigilante baby.
1: He totally, totally is. Mm. But you know, he asks. He asks people at the park even, "Is that vegan?" Or he'll run back to me and say, "Mama, can I eat that? Is that vegan?" So it's interesting, because you would think that if someone brought a cupcake to my son, you know, whether it's vegan or not, he'd be like, Oh, my God, I really want that. But the second I say, baby, that's not vegan, it's not available to us. He's over it. It's wild to me how he's made that connection. So, you know, even though every now and then he gets a piece of a cupcake because someone's having a birthday or whatever, Yeah. the second I say something's not available to us because of the fact that, A, it has too much sugar, or B, it's not vegan, he's like, cool,
0: done, over it, moving on. That's I amazing. So, I can... Sorry. No, go ahead. I just really quick. I can do it with vegan. I can say no, but with sugar, I'm like, meh,
2: okay, I can't <laughs> <go ahead."
0: laughs>
2: Okay, what's your question? So I have a question, Jessica. How much did you share with him in terms of information of like we eat vegan this is what we eat this is why we, this is why we do it or why we don't or what like how much did you share with him intellectually about food choices
0: because he's four has he's he seen f- the animal activism videos
2: no i
1: have not wanted to do that to him i think at that's all. smart no i, <laughs> I wouldn't just, either i was that's smart <laughs> i'm just curious <laughs> because he's so passionate he, well kids I mean, are
2: also really empathetic and yeah. so i yeah yeah
1: Right. I think if most children were left to their own devices, I think most of them would be vegan because think about it. All the books that we've ever read growing up as kids have animals. protagonists that are protagonists that are animals. Yeah. You know, they're chickens and pigs who sing and dance, and you love them and you fall in love with them. And stories on on movies and what have you. And then there's chicken on their plate at dinner, and there's mm-hmm. that strange disconnect. So. It's weird because we're taught to love animals, but then we're also taught that we have to eat them, but nobody ever makes that connection. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it was a matter of being as age appropriate about this topic as possible without destroying his innocence, because I don't know about you, but I get really exhausted and depressed sometimes about the subject, right? Like I think about the cruelty that's currently happening right now at this exact second to Millions and millions of animals. And my son is constantly asking me these questions. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I went vegan in my 30s, you know? (laughs) And (laughs) I've had some time to not think about this. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I don't know what's better to have him constantly thinking about these things and asking these things and wondering about. You know, he asked me the other day, mama, does, does my brother, does Theo know that he's eating animals when he eats animals? And I'm like, yes, baby, he does. Does, you know, grandpa know? Does auntie know? And I'm like, yes, they know. And he's like, so then why do they do it? And I'm just thinking to myself, my goodness, four year olds should not be thinking about this stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't really know what to do with this right now. I feel like I've been very age appropriate up to this point. I still am. But he does keep asking questions. And I'm just trying to find a way to sort of balance his innocence with uh, the reality of the world without breaking his spirit. Because it's just a heavy subject. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, it it's sounds hard. like you're doing a great job because I've never <laughs> yes. heard of a kid as passionate as this. I think that's really cool. And I'm wondering if he's also like a social justice warrior the way that you are.
1: <laughs> not yet we okay, not we, yet we, we, that comes <laughs> that <takes> six. time <laughs> <laughs> he does tell me all the time these princesses this that and the other thing and i'm like yeah okay and he's like but mama you know boys can be princesses too i'm like you're damn right they can't you're West hollywood right, kid
0: yeah where we live right down the street <laughs>
1: <laughs> so he's not yet but i and again this is another topic that i'm like how do i <laughs> Do this with my children because I think it's really important to be honest with kids, you know. And I think a lot of the time, I know it was the case for me, people like to shield you from mm-hmm. the realities of the world, sure. but that's obviously not very healthy because you kind of go about life in this bubble thinking that everything around you is butterflies and sunshine all the time, and that's just not true. So, where is that balance between I'm going to live my life in a way that is? Happy and healthy, but
2: also being very acutely aware of what's going on around me. Especially right now, I feel like yes. the world is has gone batshit right now. <laughs> Excuse my language, but Jessica knows where I'm talking about. She's a New Yorker. I feel like, <laughs> let's face it, there's always been corruption in humanity. There's always been war. There's always been, you know, we're always we're always trying to move forward and figure it out. But I feel like right now, in particular. Just, there's a lot of insanity going on. And I feel like, I don't know, it feels like things are getting turned around so that we can straighten ourselves out again and, and do the right thing. But it's, you know, for the majority of my life, I felt safe and secure being an American girl. And it, it doesn't you don't feel, feel that, that way. way anymore. I don't feel that way anymore. <laughs> no way. Really? Could be because North Korea just launched four missiles, you know, it's and it's like, yeah, uh, and the the president that we have. And not only that, but it, I Agent mean, every Orange. day. He's Asian orange. Oh yes, he is. I think J.K. Rowling called him a giant orange Twitter egg. <laughs> oh, so she good. gave him a very British insult. But anyway, it yeah, it feels it feels insane. Like, and I kind of brought it all back to corporate greed. Mm-hmm. Like, I had this moment of like, oh, it all goes back to money and corporate greed. It's
0: all always, where's the money? Yeah, Follow the money.
2: In in you want the everything. Truth? Follow the money. Follow the money in everything. Who's getting in, rich off this? Yeah. In factory farming, in cutting down the rainforest so you can have more animals to raise in
0: pharmaceuticals. In
2: drilling the Arctic and destroying our oceans and pollution. I mean it's just it's it's War very simple. Oil. Yeah, it's very simple. All's go down to the money. And corporate or, or corporate or non corporate just straight up greed. It's very true. And how many of our current systems are in place?
1: because of all of that, you know, I, I was just talking to my brother about this the other day, and it's kind of off topic. But you know, we always talk about inequity. And we talk about the fact that people of color in general, were not set up to succeed, necessarily, you know, it's always like, Oh, if they just work hard enough, or if they just pick themselves up by their bootstraps, it's like, hold on a minute, because the most wealthy families in this country, they are only that way. Because they subjugated an entire group of people and they are the ones who built this economy. Yes. So, so when you talk about that, you know, I think you're so spot on, it all comes back to money and we would be remiss in ignoring the really glaring issues that are underlying in in all of these subjects, you know, all oppression, You talk about social justice, but all oppressions. I mean, I feel like that's the sort of umbrella that everything's under. It's like. What's going to make all of us the most money? And it it is subjugation of, you know, was subjugation and still is really of people of color and right and then animals and then everyone else. And so whenever they can make money, they're going to do it. But it's at the expense of (laughs) marginalized communities. And that's really horrifying to me because I think once you start to see it. It's kind of like going vegan, right? Like yeah, you, you start can't to look see away. It,
0: you see it everywhere.
1: It's everywhere yeah. in everything, and everything you do and see. Even for me, I'm like, I need to stop buying clothes. Because why am I buying clothes? It doesn't make sense. You know, it's like you want to be I'm naked. Just, <laughs> I, I do, I do. That's one thing. You want to be uh, a nudist? But <laughs> it's
0: at the expense of who and what. Yes, exactly. Yes. Right.
1: So it goes really deep, and I and I think we'd be really smart to continue to examine all of the reasons why these things exist the way that they do.
0: Well, and I work with a social justice organization. And one of the biggest things that they talk about is the fact that it's not about personal choice for these low income marginalized communities, because they don't have the access, the affordability or the education to make the quote-unquote right personal choice, right? It's about their zip code. It's about exactly where they live and how were they brought up. And they don't have any control over that. And so you can't say, well, they should work harder or something like that. They don't have the same access to work they don't have the same access to jobs they don't have the same education as you do and it's set up that way it's set up for people to fail and that is what has got to change from a social justice perspective and there's a calculator where you can type in your zip code and figure out your life expectancy based on where you grew up and it's scary the results are scary and the fact that west hollywood compared to inglewood is a 20-year difference wow you know and and I may be exaggerating, but it's very, very high because of the circumstances of where people are brought up. And if you don't have access to, let's just say, healthy food, you can't afford healthy food. You don't have a car to drive yourself to a Whole Foods or a healthy market. And so they don't have the same options that everyone else has that's saying, oh, make better choices. So it's bullshit. And when I hear that in the media it makes me sick and people aren't taking into consideration that we're not all born equal with the same circumstances, right? Now, of course, there's something to be said about the power of your mind and, you know, the people that come from nothing and achieve greatness. Absolutely. And I believe that is possible for anyone on this planet. But at the same time, if they don't even have the capability to get to that belief because of their lack of education or what have you, it's not something that any politician or whatever can say well they just need to work harder
2: well you know what's so interesting to me is that i look at other first world countries where there are benefits of citizenship for being a citizen Mm -hmm. of canada you get this you get that you get socialized medicine you my husband is canadian he said, I grew up, we never thought about any of this. We never worried if we got hurt or sick. Mm. We knew it would be taken care of. Now, they it's do pay. so different. They never even think about it. Now, you know, when they do think about it is when my mother-in-law travels down here for a vacation and she has to have travel insurance because yep. if, God forbid, she gets sick down here, yep. she's screwed. But there's no benefits to being an American. Like, we tout, like, you know, there's so many people that are like, well, America's the greatest. Hell yeah! America! America! But what is the benefit? Okay, so we have our first rights, First Amendment rights, but beyond that, we get to pay taxes. If you're a citizen, you get to vote, you get to have a gun. That's pretty much it. You don't get <laughs> health care. You don't get... Um, you get education until 18 but even that's questionable depending upon where you grew up mm-hmm. right and it's just so strange to me it's like we don't people in America that don't want to take we don't want to take care of each other we think that's socialism right but yet a lot of people have Judeo-Christian values and know that that's a good thing they preach love everybody but they don't want to follow it up with the action it's, so, it's strange to me
1: it's so strange and I think there was just recently I don't know if it was a Twitter comment from a Canadian somewhere I don't know who it was but they essentially said Like, of course, I want to pay taxes for my fellow Canadians or whatever it was, because if a boy that lives next door to me comes down with cancer, I want to be able to help this
2: boy. Like, what is wrong with the rest of us? That we can't have that same mindset. It's this whole mine versus theirs. It's like I... You pay for it anyway. This is... So I don't understand. Like we have to have car insurance in the United States if you want to drive. Yeah. You insure your car. You have to pay for if it gets injured. If you get injured. If you injure someone else. It's just a social contract because shit happens. And we all collaborate on the risk and if something happens, you get to have the benefits of that. Why is healthcare any different? I have no idea. Everybody has to deal with it, we all live in bodies.
0: Yeah, (laughs) and then of course the whole thing that they don't even address is prevention. And that drives me crazy. Yes. You know, and there are doctors out there that are saying, like, you could change your diet, which is great. But most are just saying, here's a blood pressure pill that you have to take for the rest of your They'd, life.
2: You know what? They're not trained in it. I know. They're not trained in it. But, I mean, that's been quite purposeful, I would imagine. because, yes. uh, Back Again, to our
0: point. The money. <laughs> the money.
1: That's right. <laughs> it's the dang money. Even, I mean, it's something as mundane for parents as anything else, but it's like vaccines too. I mean, that's a whole other industry where you're just like, oh my gosh, there is a reason that they push certain vaccines as hard as they do, because apparently doctors get massive bonuses for giving X amount of flu shots. And it's like, those are all things that need to happen. But when you look at it from kind of a wider lens, that's a little scary to think about, you know, the fact that anything could be happening around this specific vaccine, but it doesn't really matter because they're going to push it anyway, based on the fact that it's going to line their pockets more. So when you start thinking about all these things and something is mundane and commonplace and every day is a vaccine, you start to go, Oh shit. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it goes way deep. Anything, you know, a flu vaccine. You're like, people take this all the time but why are they calling me every day because someone gets a
0: kickback for every someone gets a kickback and someone gets a kickback for every drug prescribed this is why we have pharmaceutical sales reps taking doctors out to lavish dinners and giving them lavish gifts to then push whatever drug they happen to be pushing at the time. And it's a disgusting model. It is not a model to help people. It's a model to go, checklist of symptoms, you must need this pill, and I'm going to get a kickback, rather than saying, hey, how about changing your diet, drinking some green juice? you know, walking every day. And then, there, of course, there's alternative medicine, which most doctors won't prescribe. So it has, it comes down I'm to... they starting to. That's true. I mean, true. there's a
2: lot that are at least that's out true. in our... In California. In California. <laughs> Every year uh, they are there's some, that, that there's some MDs that actually go to acupuncture school, and they're, they're starting to. It's and, changing. But it's not fast enough.
0: Yeah, and it's not going to the some of the most important communities that need it. It's going to the big cities, which is good. But again, it goes back to the accessibility and affordability thing. My holistic doctor is $600 for the first visit and is not covered by insurance. That's in California. You know, you could probably go somewhere cheaper in another state, but there's a lot of people in California that cannot afford that Yeah. or don't even have a car yeah. to get to that appointment and desperately need it. Yeah. And that's another thing that's wrong with the health care. But maybe we can get off the topic of what's <laughs> wrong and start getting some of Jessica's tips. What are some tips? What are some of Jessica's tips for navigating this world in a healthy, holistic way?
1: (laughs) I mean, I think ultimately my biggest tip is do what you can. I hesitate to tell anyone, hey, doing a plant-based diet is really easy because the reality is, as we talked about before, like for some people, life day in and day out is about survival, right? So I always feel like my biggest tip is do what you can in whatever stage you're in If you are trying to live a holistic lifestyle, if you are trying to live a vegan lifestyle, do it in steps, do it in stages, find a community, get with people who are like-minded and be okay with screwing up because it's gonna happen. It happens all the time and we've all been there and we've all done that. But I think just kind of staying grounded in your intentions it's probably the most important piece because if you've got convictions and you feel like, okay, this is the right path for me and I want to live this life, then you just have to take every single step that you can and not think that it's not enough. You know, it's don't yeah. try to be perfect because it's never going to happen and it's just going to push you further if that's the goal that you're seeking. So yeah, I progress think progress.
0: Yeah. Totally. So what are what are some of your favorite like vegan substitutes for anyone listening who's like, I want to try it, but I'm not sure how to substitute certain foods? Like, what are some of your favorites?
1: Oh, good question. You know, one of the teachers at my son's school just asked me the other day, she said, you're vegan, right? I said, yes. And I love when people ask that question because you just, <laughs> you feel like you're, you know, on a podium on a stage somewhere and you're like, let me tell you about this thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, she was telling me that she was really hung up on cheese. So I feel mm-hmm. like that's almost the number one thing that people tell me. Yeah. I don't know about you. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's like, I can't give up my cheese. I don't know how it was 10, 20 years ago. There are but, so oh my many. Gosh, we have so many options. So many options. And so one of my all-time favorites for, like, anything, especially for my son who loves grilled cheese sandwiches, is um, the Follow Your Heart cheese. Yeah. I mean, I wish it had some protein in it, but... You know, we use Ezekiel bread for all of his stuff, so I feel like at the very least she's getting, you know, 18 grams of protein in a grilled cheese sandwich. Mm -hmm. I love that. I don't know if you've ever made the potato and carrot nacho cheese sauce. Have you ever made that before? No. It's so good. I'll have to send you the recipe. It's really so good, and it's probably the best cheese sauce that I've ever had. It's it's such so many easy ingredients. It's like potatoes and carrots and onions and spices, and boom, it's done. Damn. Um, and it tastes yeah. like nacho cheese, I meant. Tastes like nacho cheese. Like we put it on um, like broccoli or baked potatoes. It's just so good. Oh, sounds amazing. <laughs> so good. So I feel like those are the two things that I recommend probably the most to people. I do recommend for people who are, you know, just trying to replace meats. I recommend Gardein a lot. Mm-hmm. Um Because they do come pretty close to the original, and then of course the new Beyond Burger is as close to a vegan burger or a
0: regular burger as I've ever had. I'm obsessed with that thing, and (laughs) I wasn't even a burger person. Like I gave up red meat as a kid. Like my dad grilled up hamburgers his whole life, like, and I stopped eating it at like ten or twelve and I barely remember what a burger tastes like, but I ate that, and I was like, oh, this tastes like childhood, so I think that's what a real burger tastes like. Um, It's so good.
1: It's just really well done. We don't even do anything to it. We just grill it, and we don't even put any seasonings. You just grill it, slap it on a bun with some ketchup and tomato and lettuce, and boom. It's just incredible. I agree. Those are the main things that I think are in my like toolbox whenever somebody's like, I can't do da-da-da-da. And the easiest to find, like potatoes and carrots, you know, you could do that on your own. But then if people don't want to make their own stuff, then I'm like, okay, like try this cheese. And so, you know, for that teacher, I went to Sprouts mm-hmm. and I bought like $40 worth of cheeses. <laughs> it's like, here you go. Try all these cheeses. And she said that she really liked the follow your heart. So that made me really happy.
0: So I do a lot of little parties at my house and I always do a vegan cheese pipe, people literally don't know that it's not cheese and so what i use is i use a couple of miyokos um, she has a lot of varieties of different flavors and they're like soft and like they melt in your mouth and they're so delicious so everyone check out Miyoko's. I think it's M-I-Y-O-K-O-S. And then recently I had Yvonne's from Yvonne's Vegan Kitchen. Um, she catered a cheese plate at my last party at my Oscar party. And everyone was like, this is to die for. And like, she has cheeses with cranberries and chives and like all different flavors. And No one knows the difference. Like people say like, okay, I could give up cheese if I could eat this every day. But again, it goes back to the access. Like if you don't live in California, I know it's harder to get these things. But a lot of things you can order online. And then in grocery stores, you can always get like Daiya. I think it's D-A-I-Y-I. And that melts like on a pizza. That can melt and I don't know the difference. I think it's delicious. I'm sure that some cheeseaholics might know the difference, but it's probably processed a little bit. It's not like a health food, but it's a great cheese replacement if your goal is to like give up dairy. Because when I gave up dairy, I felt better than ever and my face cleared up. I don't think I've had a pimple since. Like it really changed my body. And so, giving up dairy changed my body more than giving up meat. So if you're trying to give up one thing at a time, I absolutely recommend the dairy. And there's a lot of paleo people who are thriving and you know, I'm not pro meat at all, but the paleo diet is actually very similar to the vegan diet in that you know, you're not eating cheese and eggs and those things like eliminating those things can really lower your cholesterol and make your skin better and really make you lose weight and get rid of inflammation in your body and lose the puffiness. So there's just so many benefits to giving up cheese.
1: I agree with you there. And I think it is about access. And it is about sort of finding the thing that works for you. Because I know, like newbie vegans, right? They're like, oh, I can't stand this day of stuff. And then they kind of just stop trying. Because they're like, I don't like it, and they must all taste this way. But I think it's like anything. I think going vegan is like starting over, basically, learning how to eat all over again and trying to find the foods that you like. I think my biggest recommendation is try it all
0: as as much as you can. And that's why you have Vegan Street Fair where they can try it all.
1: (laughs) Exactly. And Yvonne will be there too.
0: So go get some of that cheese. I love Yvonne. Everything she makes is incredible. But, yeah, I love her cheese, and I think you're right. It's like try everything because everyone has different taste buds. And my taste buds change. Like I do a cleanse, and I come back, and I can't eat at the same restaurants I ate because the food is too salty or too sweet, because my taste buds have changed in as little as a week, you know, so we're always evolving.
1: Yeah, no, it's true. And make a game of it. Again, that kind of goes back to this progress, not perfection thing, because I remember my first time going on a cruise being vegan and being really uh, nervous, because not even nervous, I almost had a panic attack, honestly, because I didn't know that I would be able to eat for the five days that I was there, because nobody knew what I was talking about. I was like, hey, I'm looking for vegan things. I'm like, oh, you have to talk to the lead chef during that shift or whatever. And I would go talk to the lead chef. And they were like, yeah, I don't know. There's like kale right there. And I was like, oh, yeah, I can't eat kale for five days. What's yeah. going on? <laughs> it was really nerve wracking. But I feel like if you're ever in that kind of a situation where – things just feel really out of control or like you just can't do it because things don't feel right or you didn't find the right cheese or you you have cravings or whatever. I think it's really important to just work through it with some grace, give yourself a little bit of compassion and just keep trying and nobody's going to fault you. You got to find your, your community that's going to be able to support you through all those things because it's important to have that and it's important to be supported and encourage, and not feel like you've done something wrong or that you can't come back yeah. from making a mistake or whatever. And if whatever.
0: anyone is judging you, it's just a reflection of how they feel about themselves. So F them. Yeah. All right. So vegan street fair is coming up super soon. Give us the dates, how people can get tickets and how they can follow you online.
1: So it's March 26th. It's a Sunday. Yeah. So it's in about two weeks. It's from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. We have a beer garden this year, which is back at the Federal Bar where we had nights.
0: Nice. And
1: since we've extended the street, uh, the event is actually going down that street as well. So wow. it opens into the beer garden. Yeah.
0: Oh my god. <laughs> so okay, it's going to be fun. bigger than the one I went to.
1: Yeah. It's going to be way bigger than the one you went to. We've extended a lot. I mean, we just had a meeting with the city and they were like, okay, so you're trying to shut down a lot of North Hollywood. And we're like, (laughs) yep. Vegans take over. No ho. Um, so it's a free event. It's very family friendly. Bring your children, bring your neighbors, bring your mailman, come try good food. Every vendor will have at least one bite size option and they will also have bigger portions if that's what you choose. My biggest tip for vegan street fair is come with friends and split up, Mm. split up. You know, like if you come with four friends, all four of you go to four different booths, get one thing, meet back up, try everything and then do it again. And that to me is the best way to get as much as you possibly can out of the event because you don't want to be waiting in lines. The whole time.
0: So you just got to be smart about it. And you can get those VIP passes and wait in a different line too.
1: Yeah, the VIP passes are totally worth. It, they are worth opinion. it.
0: Yeah, I had it
1: last time and I was like,
0: "Yes, I'm in the short line." <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, they come in very, very handy. So this event will have uh VIP passes. They're $40. It basically gets you front of the line access, kind of like at Disneyland where you just kind of skip the line skip the line, go to the front. And it's, you know, people are very envious of you when you do that. But yes.
0: but you're also supporting a good cause. So that's how I justify it.
1: <laughs> totally.
0: It's true. Cool. Where can everyone find you online?
1: VeganStreetFair.com or at VeganStreetFair on all of our social media networks. So Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, we're pretty active on Instagram. We also have a Facebook event page where you can sort of follow along because we've been announcing all of our vendors. And that's been really fun because that usually gets people excited about what they're going to try and start planning their day according to the photos that we're showing. To me, that's like the best part.
0: I love it. And can you leave us with a tweetable? Oh, man. I can tell you what you sent.
1: Oh, you did. I was like, what is a tweetable? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That should be
0: it. What the hell is a tweetable? What the hell is a tweetable? (laughs) My tweetable
1: is, what the hell is a tweetable?
0: (laughs) You wrote, I'm lucky that I get to hashtag eat all the vegan things for a living. Join me. Oh, my God. Great. All right. Well done. Done. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Tweet it. Jessica <laughs> at Vegan Street Fair. Tweet it to us at Food Heals Nation. Use the hashtag Food Heals Podcast so we can see your post. Food Heals Nation, hope to see you at Vegan Street Fair this year. Thanks, Jessica. Thanks.
1: Thank Jessica. you so much. This was so much fun. I really appreciate you having me.
2: For all the show notes from today's show, go to foodhealsnation.com. Also
0: at foodhealsnation.com, you'll find all our discount codes.
2: Hey, Allie, are you social? I'm
0: social. Let's talk on social. Okay. Make sure to join our Food Heals Nation Facebook group at foodhealsgroup.com, where you can connect with other Food Heals listeners, ask questions, add value. And of course, we've got Tribe Building Tuesday to help you build your business and your personal relationships. And we've got Self Promotion Saturday, where you can post your links to your business, your blog, your recipes, your healing story, anything you want. And of course, you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Nation. And we're on Twitter and Instagram at Food Heals Nation. And you can follow my personal
2: adventures at Melody TV. For all the show notes, go to foodhealsnation.com. See you next time, Food Heals Nation.